the Chinese year of the black milkshake. So good. Special guest this Friday, illustrator, English teacher, and writer, Jonathan Heilig. Yes, sir. Ray, Welcome, thank you. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. It's very oh, it's, it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. Myself, Jorma Kirko, and uh, Johnny Beans Carbonara over here are delighted <laughs> to have you on after all this time. Absolutely. So, I've been very, very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, when you address us, well, when you address Ray, you can choose if you want to call him Ray or Johnny Beans. Can I? Can I? I can call you Johnny Beans. Johnny Beans. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. He is a. He's been rebranded for the month of April only. So if you meet him in May, forget it. Anyway, Uh, Jonathan, uh, this has been revamped and refurbished, and and I'm having none of it. But I'm going to go with the flow just for the month. Okay. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah, Great welcome. to be here. So, uh, as Ray said before, you know, you, you're an author, you're an illustrator, you've been in Istanbul for, for quite a long time. Do you want to tell people at home just a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts originally. That's where I was born and raised. A family. We had a family business in Florida for a while. It was a restaurant. So, I was my mother's chef. And right. uh, we worked. we worked there for about five years. And my wife came there as a a work and travel student and we met we fell in love and the rest is history so that was 2004 and wow. we've been together ever since and we married in 2007 so uh we had yeah we had a long distance relationship in the beginning and then we married and moved to new york mm-hmm. and we were in new york city for about 10 years uh during which time we pursued our own kind of interests and uh i tried to be a I, going to new york i expected that i would just get you know, writing work, but that doesn't work that way. And worked whatever jobs we could find. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked in a psychiatric hospital for six years, which I uh, never expected. But that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And uh, right, uh, yeah. So, uh, but you name it, I've, you name it, I've done it. I've you know waited tables, uh, moved furniture. But yeah, this is all kind of just trying to find my my kind of the courage to pursue a career in writing and illustrating because I always loved both. I was never really a talkative person as a kid, so I learned to express myself in writing, and uh, right. and I was I, I I really enjoyed art, so I paired the two, and and here I am. Yeah, because I mean, well, we met a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And um, yeah, I I bought one of your books, and Johnny Beans' son has it now as a gift. Now you you've had a look at that book, haven't you, Ray? I have indeed, and I can actually tell you right now, guys. I have finished up at chapter 10, The Road to Konya. The -hmm. journey from Istanbul to Konya is not an easy one. Actually, I like that. If I may so, me, myself, and I enjoy the book immensely. And I'm going to pass this on to my students and to my friends. And my son will finish this. Anyone outside Turkey reading it, the added Turkish words and the phrases came in very useful. I I hadn't heard that word, Istanbul. Uh huh. No, I'd not heard ages, that before, Jonathan. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and I loved how Kadir and Mezier met. Not yeah. love at first sight for Kadir, who saved the beautiful Mezier from the toothless <laughs> accordion player. My <laughs> father promised her. Now later, she would give birth it happens to us all. To Kismet, our main character. No That's more spoilers true. on that. I'm You're loving right. it at the moment. 
and I'm oh, chapter God. 10 in, and I don't want to give any more spoilers, but oh, I recommend wonderful. this. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That's the one uh, I shelved this book about five years ago, and I, I thought I would never finish it because it was just too much work. So it was, uh, I started writing this in 20, I want to say 2010, and it was my my kind of cavalier, uh, anybody can write a novel kind of thing. So I was with my wife for a while, and I said, well, let's just do a historical Turkish novel. Since I'm with mm. her, I can ask questions if I need, you know, some background info. But it was a nightmare, total nightmare, because when you choose a specific period in, in Turkish history, or any history, really, you need to know what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. I knew nothing. So most of the work was research. And so I was researching for years and it became very tedious and very boring. And I just mm -hmm. said, I can't do this. This is I'm in over my head. And uh, I just shelved it. And then when my my daughter Zelda was born five years ago, I wanted I, I just got this motivation in me and I said, I have to finish this. So I went back to it and I said, I'm not gonna stop until it's finished. And it's it's taken, I think it's been in 15 different drafts. The ending has changed a million times. Uh, but when I finally got it done, I I cried. It was a it was an emotional experience. Wow. And it was uh yeah, oh. I, just something something that I think I had inside of me that I had to get out. Mm -hmm. And when when you finally realize something like that, it's very emotional, very powerful. And uh you know, it's not really, it's really not any kind of my stroking my own ego or anything like that. It's a personal kind of a personal experience of just being able to express what you set out to express in the beginning. Yeah. And I'm well, so you did, you did uh, beautifully say how your better half brought you through to finishing that completely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah? absolutely. Well, Without we do it. have something in common, actually. Uh, you know, both of us, Jonathan, we are both married to the Yenges and we That's are right. so-called <laughs> Inishtes. That we are Inishtes. That's right. We are. God Inishtes. bless them. <laughs> God bless the Inishtes. Let's, yeah, let's have a chance. <laughs> and and to give a translation for anybody at home who doesn't understand what they've just said, uh, they talk in foreign. <laughs> talking right foreign, aren't we? <laughs> Come on, Jonathan. You are, you're good at that, Jimmy. Explain the Inishte. Uh, is an Inishte not an in law? Is, it, is, yeah. that, is that what it is? Right. Yeah. yeah, we get married. Yeah. So you know, Ray, yeah. Ray. Ray is married to a Turkish woman, so has kind of the. I become um, the yeah. It's sort of a, a rev the reverential status, really, isn't it? Of being an Inishte. It's. Oh yeah. Sort of the, yeah. And, yeah. And the other I word that I, was used, what was that, Jonathan? Oh, the Yenge. Yeah, that, that's also. We are that, married to the Yenges. Right, and it's kind of that's kind of a. I think aunt is the closest word to that. Aunt or aunt would be the closest yeah but um but yeah it's just uh the family is so tight and important in turkey and um they're very reverential about every member of the family and, and it's it's very nice i think uh i think that's a nice passionate yeah i would yeah. say very passionate mm -hmm. people especially when it comes to family yeah and i appreciate that about them um so this that book that i wrote uh the sultan's blacksmith um it's full of names of my friends and family my wife is a character my father-in-law is a, is a character my best friend nejat who uh nejat is from antakya which was recently ravished by the the earthquake and he's a he's a central character in the story and uh so i just tried to put all of the people that i know and love in the story to kind of pay them tribute and uh i think they all enjoyed it and uh yeah, it turned out very well. That's lovely. 
when I met you, I, I don't mean to sound uh, cheap and lazy here. Other people can accuse me of that, but I certainly won't be doing that myself. But um, when when I met you at the the book signing, I I I bought the last copy of that book that you had available and uh, had to rush into town um, after we'd got you to sign it so that I could give it to Ray and pass it on to his son. But I I read the first chapter of it on the the metro on the way into the the city centre. And I was charmed by it. I I was enthralled. Um, I don't know if you will welcome this or not, but maybe you will, maybe you won't. But I I had a, a certain feeling. It reminded me somewhat the early stages of reading The Alchemist by Paul oh, Coelho. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that, yeah. This, this book was almost written in response to The Alchemist. Um, so uh-huh. I read The Alchemist. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I, I read The Alchemist in 20, uh, 2008. My, I, I read through it, and the first thought that I had after I finished the book was, I can do this. I can do this. Really? So, yeah, that was my that was my kind of motivating force. Uh, behind writing this book so was it really absolutely, absolutely yeah so there are very uh very heavy influence from the alchemist there i think that the book was written in portuguese originally the alchemist so yeah. when i when i read it i i was i was really feeling that i could do something along the same lines but do it in english and have it kind of obviously i don't want to copy the alchemist but i do want mm-hmm. to have the same spirit and the same kind of uh because it really that book is really moving it's a uh it's a touching, moving book. Um, I, I didn't think it was "quote unquote" well written, but I think that comes from it being translated. I think the translation loses a lot when it comes into English. So I thought that I could do something along the same lines in English and with a Turkish theme. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the genesis of this of this book. Well, so. I think I think really, but when you look at something like The Alchemist, it's a fable, really, isn't it? And yeah. God, this is so serious compared to the nonsense that we're going to be talking later. <laughs> but it, it's a fable. It's one of those things that you could re- easily read it to a child and they'd understand some of the things, but you might need to be an sure. adult to to deal with it. I mean, yeah. and th- there's a deeper message. I'm glad that that inspired you to, to go on and write that book. It inspired me to leave teaching and become a radio presenter and then uninspired <laughs> me later to become a teacher again um it inspired a friend of mine to leave his wife whether that was a good thing or bad oh, as wow. well but i mean it's that was definitely a, a a book that had a big effect on people so uh please take that as a compliment oh absolutely Plus, i read it also guys and my wife read it in turkish and she mm. still hasn't left me <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, absolutely! I'm really in all of my all of my work uh, in that novel and my children's books. I give full credit to the inspirations. The Alchemist inspired the, the Sultan's blacksmith. Uh, Doctor Seuss has inspired every children's book I've ever written. Um, so I, I give full credit. Um, those are the masters. I'm merely a vessel of their. I'm their. You know the legacy moving on. So I, I don't give any. You know I don't have any false errors about me on when it comes to writing. Okay, great. How about we go over to our true and false segment? Celebrity, true or false? You can't handle the truth. And as our special guest is writer, illustrator, and English teacher, Jonathan Heilig, we will keep the true or false closely in conjunction with other famous writers. 
And by the way, to. you <laughs> you are partaking with our legendary Yormick Kirkle yes. in our true or false. Are you ready it, to rumble, guys? I am um, very much ready to rumble, Johnny well, Beans Carbonara. <laughs> I got to get used to that new name for the next month. Now, guys, just before we start off, raise your glasses. Raise Gentlemen, glasses. happiness and health. Happy days. Your milkshakes, whatever color they are. Brown is mine. <laughs> yours is black. Cheers. Chin chin. Good skills, lads. Let's rock. <laughs> Brendan Behan, Irish poet, short story writer, novelist, playwright, was a painter before hitting the big time. Now I should know this because I've read his autobiography. Have you? Have, have you read it, Jonathan? Not. No. Do you, do you know who he was, Brendan Behan? Can you repeat the name. I missed the name. Can you say the name again? Brendan Behan. Actually, initially. At uh, some point in his life, he was he was a member of the old IRA, not the new IRA, and kind of gave it all up in a, the pursuit of literature and drunkenness and um, became one of the major literati in Paris, didn't he? Uh, however, I have no idea if he was a painter or not. Do we mean an artist or a painter and decorator like that Hitler fella? <laughs> You know, you're a real gobshite when you do this to me. You always try to, you know, in your window. I know. I, I just I just need some out. information, you know. Do you have it? True or false? Sounds like a renaissance. Give it up. True. He was I think he probably painter. painted a kitchen or two. <laughs> he was a house painter in Paris. Exactly. Great. Oh, in Paris. Yeah. All right, brilliant. So I guess I get that as correct then. Good, Good thanks. So, <laughs> gentlemen, seriously, he was a really kind man. He loved children, true genius. Indeed, he was, Shakers. When he hit the big time, he once quoted down in his local juicer over scoops of intoxication, I'm a drinker with a writing problem. <laughs> <laughs> Good well, skills, Ben. Good skills. All right. Question number two, Jonathan, more participation, my friend. You ready? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put my feelers out here. I don't want to speak out here. As Frankie <laughs> says, relax, take it don't, easy. Don't worry, Jonathan. The, some of the celebrity true or false questions are about animals uh, from time to time. So let, let's just see how we go. No, definitely not today, lads. <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo. I was going to say DiCaprio. Leonardo da Vinci. He was known for buying caged birds at markets and setting them free. True or false? Sounds very romantic. It does, doesn't it? What do you think, Jonathan? Uh, I'm going to say true. I have no idea about that. Neither but he I. did. <laughs> he did design some kind of um, early flying machine, didn't he? He did. Uh, I wonder if that was possibly inspired... By, by the birds that he let go. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> I always thought he was known for his paintings. Good old Leonardo. That's pretty amazing, considering guys. He he was famous he for was all kinds of things. Anatomy as well. Oh, we're not talking about the Ninja Turtle here. Okay. <laughs> no, jo no joke, joking aside. Rumor had it, he didn't do this to be nice to the birds. He did it because he was trying to learn how birds fly. And it was the easiest way to get close to them and watch them take off. So, Jimmy, 
You were kind of correct on that, pal. Yeah, I guess I was. Yeah. yeah. You need to be up very early in the morning, Jonathan. Lord, hear me out. <laughs> that was true, uh, guys. That was true. Okay. We're doing well, Jonathan. I'll take full credit for that one. Last yeah, question, too. guys. <clears throat> Roald Dahl wrote most of his stories in his bed, in his small bedroom. Okay. Sure. Do you know the answer to that, Jonathan? I, I do not. In his small bedroom. Uh, that sounds like it would be true, though. It could be. Sounds just... But I think it. he had... I read, I think, both of his autobiographies, and I think that he actually wrote in a garden shed. So I'm going <laughs> to go for... Go on. Yeah, go for false, then. I'm going to go for false, but Ray might have something that he found in the Yellow Pages... <laughs> But or in the, or in the Wikipedia, as they used to call it in the 1980s. <laughs> Jonathan did say false. I did. You're always skeptical, as usual, Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote them in a little shed at the bottom of his garden, gentlemen. Mm. Better known as his writing hut. Wow. Now, Don wow. sat in his battered old armchair and penned famous tales such as Matilda, Charlie, and the Chocolate Factory. And here's so, something... But they're also terrifying. Yeah, you probably knew this. <laughs> he never learned how to type. He did all his writing in an old red book in pencil, like myself. <laughs> I, I was going to say that sounds like you. Yes. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for his editor. <laughs> I know, I know, can you imagine that? Another uh, bit of useless information, gentlemen. In 1971, I kid you not, a real man named Willy Wonka wrote to Dahl. It was a postman <laughs> from Nebraska. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I sh- <laughs> Jogger, you not, seriously. Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. In 1990, he was buried with some of his favorite things, a power drill snooker cues and of course his hb pencils gentlemen of course <laughs> <laughs> there you go guys you wouldn't want to enter the afterlife without your precious hp pencils <laughs> how did you do gentlemen keeping track there you've gone all quiet gentlemen did you hear about oh. the author did you hear about the author in jail i, I have not well no tell me about it please <laughs> they put him in the writer's block he couldn't get past his first sentence. <laughs> He's going to join Trumpety Trump. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. G'day, possums. This is Dane Midner Everett speaking from Wagga Wagga in Australia. I love to follow Ray and Yorma on Facebook. Don't worry about punctuation and capital letters. Just type Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast, darlings, without writing the darlings. By the way, please tell a friend to listen on Spotify and Apple. Follow the boys, darlings. Your podcast needs you. Bye, possums. Now, something that I thought was quite interesting the first time that we spoke was that Jonathan has become one of the most famous anonymous writers 
in the whole of Turkey. <laughs> now, that sounds extremely weird, but I'm hoping that Jonathan can tell us a bit more about that. What on yeah. earth does that mean? Yeah, it's, it's kind of insane. Uh, so the book uh, in question... It's called The Day the Sun Went Away. And I, I wrote that in 2015. That was really my breakout book, the first thing that I was comfortable sharing with the world. And uh, I did a Kickstarter campaign to earn funds for it. And it was a very grassroots kind of knocking on doors, you know, carrying books in the back of my car type thing. Never never knew what it would become. Uh, never thought it would become anything, really. I was terrified the entire time. I was so scared to be criticized and to have people tell me that I was just not good. So I'm from Boston, by the way, and from Boston, uh, Bostonians are very, uh, uh, they're not very motivating people. They, <laughs> crabs in the barrel, I would <laughs> right. type. So uh, I was uh, very, I was just terrified. So anyway, uh, years later, I brought the book to Turkey and it was picked up by a publisher here called Beta Kids. And Beta Kids translated it into Turkish. And somehow, by the kismet, the hands of fate, the Turkish government found it and they picked it up without notifying me uh without notifying the publisher and they put it in their fourth grade textbook for public schools so it's now a part of the national curriculum and it's not just the book there's an entire unit on the book inside of every fourth grade textbook so uh it's in their science and technology section for grade four and they have exercises they have quizzes they have online tutorials on my story <laughs> wow. and, uh, and it's just uh i would i would never know maybe i would never know about this if it wasn't for one of my private lesson students she goes she goes to public school and she came to me one day and she said you're in my book and so i looked at it and i said my god i am in your book <laughs> wow good so, skills, jonathan <laughs> yeah so millions of people are reading the book now in turkey and uh that's a that's a good thing that's a net positive and um and I, I'm presuming that you're living off the royalties from that at this very moment, aren't you? Or if we were in any, if we were in any other country, I would be. Uh, <laughs> now hold on a minute, Jonathan. Now don't forget your good old friend Baller, but no. <laughs> don't forget your good old friend Johnny Beans. Or is it? <laughs> I won't Johnny Beans. <laughs> and your McCurko. Never forget my boys in the black milkshake. Exactly. So, Jonathan, how did they get round not making you a very rich man for that? I Well, they have. A, so there's a, a loophole in Turkish law, as I'm sure there are many loopholes in Turkish. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you're allowed to take an author's work um, as long as you take a certain percentage of it. And the way that they did that is they took basically my whole story and use different illustrations. So since it's a, I'm an author and an illustrator, the whole work is mine, uh, but they just kind of remove the illustrations and uh, put somebody else's. <laughs> but they did, but they didn't, they did, they did uh, credit me by name. So I'll, I will give them uh, props on that. <laughs> Thank you for crediting me by name without That's notifying me. <laughs> very, very nice of them, wasn't it? My God. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I use it. It's, it's really, it's a bizarre circumstance. I, I could never imagine something like that happen. But I'm, I'm using, I'm using it for my own kind of advantage now. I'm using it for self promotion, and I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, self promoting guy. So I just, I'm using it to my advantage. And uh, oh, you have to, cool. don't you? You have to. Kind of cool when you think about it. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, the old phrase, when life gives you melons, you make melonade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> if, if you could yeah. tell your younger writing self anything, seriously, Jonathan. Yeah. What would it be? Ah, that's a great question. I would have told I would have told myself to uh, get over my kind of self-criticism because I wasted so many years thinking that nobody would want to read my work and so many years wasted. Who knows how many books I could have had by now, how many stories kind of died with with my own kind of self-doubt. So I would say um, get over that immediately. And if you have an inkling, any inkling to tell a story or paint a painting or sing a song, just do it. Don't listen to the, I mean, critics are always there. There's always going to be, you know, people who love your work and people who hate your work. So Mm. ignore it, ignore it. And just kind of, so that's why I kind of, Mm -hmm. I write for myself, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm definitely not famous by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, I write, if I complete a book that I really enjoy, that's my greatest joy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that, I enjoy. Well, that's wonderful. How many of you actually completed now? Um, I've got six, and I've got really six and a half. I have uh, one that's almost finished now, and I've mm-hmm. got like three or four uh, on the on deck. Let's say so. Okay. I'm, you know, yeah. So I've got many more to come. Yeah, and, great. Uh, I just, yeah, I've had a young baby, and it's really hard to find time to to sit and write these things but i think she's getting older now she's almost she's well she's two now so mm. i think so you, you've probably stopped breastfeeding now have you breastfeeding is finished from my end <laughs> <laughs> so we're definitely going to have you back on the show for the new books, very... yeah? <laughs> yeah. i think no. she might be an alcoholic now though because my blood type is uh my blood type is guinness <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that pal <laughs> Um, Jonathan, is there anything that you'd like to say uh, that we've not asked you already? Oh well, I just—I mean, I, I have a lot to say, uh, but I, I usually <laughs> I usually say everything that I have to say in my in my books and my stories, just because I find uh, you know that I mean I'm better able to express myself in writing than I am in in spoken word. So um, I would just say for everybody who's listening, please, uh, if you are interested in in my books, please read them and share them. Just Spread the word, and uh, I'm, I'm deeply sorry. This is extremely unprofessional of me, but I ordered a Domino's pizza just before this phone call, <laughs> and I belched in the middle of that sentence. That was, um, would you, you really accented my my moment there? Would you mind? I'm sorry. Uh, would you mind saying that again? <laughs> I've never asked in my whole life. Could I go and have a piddle? <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind? <laughs> no, yeah, cheers, guys. Keep no, it up. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. No, so, sorry, cheers, Jonathan. Cheers, could cheers. you just say that again, more or less? Not at all, yeah. Right. Yeah, and you, but you were given a really good answer, and I, I, I burped. Yeah. I tried to suppress it. <laughs> but my mouth is so close to the microphone. I'm not sure if it came out or not. <laughs> I think... I think we should leave it in, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> Why not? Why don't we just leave it like that? Leave it's a it podcast in. after all, isn't leave it? it in. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, the, whenever I start to take myself seriously, you should burp in my face. <laughs> okay. I think I think that's a deal. And next time you're on the show, I think we'll definitely do that. And now for something completely different. They hunt the country's most twisted criminals. 
got on a charge of robbing 49 shops, three factories, a warehouse and a bank. What do you got to say? We've been waiting for you to try and snatch that bag and now we've caught you in the act. You'd better come quietly. Criminal Minds BS. <laughs> okay, there, <laughs> there we are. Criminal well, Minds BS. <laughs> now, well, Jonathan, uh, this is your first time on the show, hopefully not the last, but it, it's that time again when Ray has his quarterly Criminal Minds check-in with Dr. Brutus Himmler from the Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychiatology to see if his obsession with crime has intensified and whether he needs to have restrictions placed on his freedom and possible contact levels with humans. <laughs> so a simple set of questions. And Jonathan, I'm going to give you the choice now. You yeah. can help Ray or you can do this quiz as a, a private citizen. What would you like to I'd do? I'd like to help Ray. I think I think Ray needs a little help here. Like yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think Ray probably does. Um, I always okay. get by with a little bit of help from my friends. <laughs> we all need help every now and then. <laughs> now, we we did decide before, Jonathan, that as you're a guest, we're going to dispense with the traditional rectal polygraph. Um, oh, so we'll we'll just do this as as if it were in peace times. But uh, yeah, uh, the first one is the the whole area of financial crime and charity fraud. H-O-L-E or W-H-O-L-E? Oh, definitely Wahole. So what I need you guys to decide is which one of the following would you consider to be the least serious crime? Okay, so listen carefully. A, getting on the board of a charity for blind kids and then selling their Braille books on eBay for personal gain. B, some looting and light arson on Istiklal Street on a beautiful May day. Or C, paying off a porn star while running for office, then filing it as legal expenses. Or D, discreetly exchanging monies for dirty books to your pals in the pub when porn was illegal in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> what would we go for? I'm caught here between two. That's a tough one. What are you? What are you stuck between? Two and four. Two and four. Yeah, I would go for. I would go for four or D, whichever way you want to look D, at it. D, really, it is. Yeah. So <laughs> Ray, you're kind of torn between the looting and a bit of arson. Uh, I don't you're... know. I mean, you know, when you go back into that four again, um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with my nationality. Okay, so you. <laughs> think the least serious crime would be selling some dirty books to your pals in the pub. Absolutely. Yeah. Certainly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jonathan, if you're okay with that, then well, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Question number two. Now to the area of health and safety. Now, which of these things would you actually think again is the most victimless crime? So A, enslaving thousands of North Korean workers and making them work in deadly conditions in order to build World Cup venues in Qatar. B, peeing in a milk bottle and then filling it with bleach and sealing it to create homemade, easily throwable chemical weapons for rioters in Belfast. C, gun running in a former Soviet republic. Or D, pulling an amusing Mooney at diners in a town centre Pizza Express after coming out of the pub. I'm oddly specific. I know exactly what you're thinking, Jonathan. You're going for D as well, yeah. I am leaning towards yeah. D. 
Yeah. What's the Yorma? Were they all off the cuff? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I received the questions this morning by um, uh, Telefax from the Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute of they Psychology. So I, I don't know. <laughs> He's a simple what we, journalist. <laughs> what are we going for, lads? D. I'm going to go for D. Yeah. D. Okay. Pulling Moonies. That means exposing your buttocks. Okay. Three, the whole area of public decency. Again, which one is the most victimless? Which one is the most harmless? Which one is the most fun, possibly? Um, A, urinating outside the shop front of TK Maxx in the market center in Kakadi after a cheeky lunchtime black milkshake or two. B, what? Do, doing a piss in a mall. <laughs> As we down ours. B, <laughs> doing a poo. Drink. <laughs> ours. Back. B, doing a poo in a quiet woodland stream. C, wearing a Manchester United shirt in a pub on a Leeds council estate. Or D, taking your car to a secluded car park with Mrs. O'Leary and asking her to help you fix the big end. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about Mrs. O'Leary. Who is this? (laughs) That's a long story. It's It's a long story, but Ray has a bit of a a, a fantasy about his next-door neighbor, Mrs. O'Leary, who has some (laughs) rather, um, apparently, according to Ray, uh, attractive items of lingerie, which she hangs on the lawn sometimes. On the line, even, on the lawn. (laughs) And Jonathan, when we meet up with the Engels, please do not discuss Mrs. (laughs) O'Leary. My wife, please. Thank you. Mom is the word. Anything to do with Mrs. O'Leary. It has to be D for me. That's D. That's a okay. D for you. Okay. Not tempted to do a poo in a woodland stream? Mm-mm. That's where no. you and I okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Number four is a bit different. This is this is really a yes or no question. Uh, Ray, Jonathan, if your pound coin jammed in the rubber Johnny machine in a public toilet <laughs> minutes before date night... Could you ever conceive of jimmying it with a screwdriver so that you could avoid transmitting chlamydia and also have a year's supply of fruity condoms? (laughs) This is very interesting because you and I both have unfortunate names, Jim, in that respect. Because because where I come from, (laughs) that's called the Jimmy. Where we come from, it's a Johnny, so there you go. So how do how do we feel about that one? Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's date night. You don't want to pass on an STD, do you? You put That's the right. money in. It wasn't as if you were intending to steal it, but otherwise, you know, victimless yeah. crime. I would go with that, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. J- Jonathan, do you support that? I support this man. Excellent. <laughs> God bless. Okay. You. <laughs> All right. Question number five. We're coming towards the end now, lads. Um, which of the following occupations sounds like the most fun? A becoming a knife thrower's assistant in an illegal circus, B, becoming a gangland enforcer and demanding money with menaces, C, being a sex toy salesman in certain Brighton nightclubs, or D, being a bogus travelling bra fitter in your hometown of Balina. <laughs> You're definitely you my breast friend, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to uh, good old D. D. 
indeed. I like, I like an old D cup as well. Gentlemen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> D on this one would part of the pun. <laughs> okay. All right. Final question now. So. Uh, which of the following banned publications would you be most likely to hide in your luggage on a business trip to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> would it be A, Pig Farmers Monthly, B, <laughs> The Jewish Chronicle, <laughs> C, Anarchist Weekly, Why All Monarchies Should Be Overthrown Today, Special Edition, or D, Readers' Wives, April Edition, Featuring Barbara from Oxford self massaging with a can of whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going for D. <laughs> this guy is going for D. What about you, oh, Jonathan? I'm going, I'm going to, to hell. your D choice there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down together, you and me, Ray. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. All right. So. Uh, right, we've we've examined the world of crime and punishment again today, and Dr. Himmler has just sent his message in by Telex, and he's currently assessing your answers. I'll uh, and and seeing what kind of danger you currently present to the public, if any. Now, Jonathan, Dr. Himmler has also said that he will give you the <laughs> that he will also give you the full psychiatrical profile for free for a year if you'd like to give your details to us later. It doesn't yeah. hurt, does it, Ray? Really? No, no, no. one bit. It's, it stings a little bit, but so long as you don't sit down immediately afterwards or eat spicy <laughs> foods, you, you should be fine. Okay. Fine, um, yeah. Dr. Himmler's <laughs> compiling the results now, and it appears that once again, um, he was largely able to predict your results based on recent screenings. Now, you chose D for most or all of the questions. In fact, I think it was all apart from the yes or no. And this means that you have no problems ethically selling contraband soft pornography in pubs, but do draw the line at butt plugs in Bright. You also seem to see exposing your buttocks in a town centre preferable to urinating in a mall or pooing in a river. And finally, we notice that, again, you're rather drawn to the idea of fraudulently gaining entry into housewives' homes to engage with their underwear and also seem to be harbouring odd fetishes about sex in cars and whipped cream with both Mrs O'Leary and Barbara from Oxford. On the plus side... Dr. Himmler is somewhat confused by your desire to change your name to Johnny Beans Carbonara for this month, but states that your moral stance in choosing not to infect women with chlamydia goes very much in your favour. And he's proud to announce that your twisted criminal fantasies are still only in the cheap, opportunistic, pervo development phase, <laughs> and that your condition does not appear to have deteriorated since your last screening. Therefore, Dr. Himmler sees no major need for incarceration and merely suggests a daily cold shower, a five-mile run before breakfast, and that you sleep in a straitjacket for a month to avoid nocturnal self-pollution. <laughs> That's very reasonable. <laughs> Jonathan, you're a brave guy <laughs> to partake in this. I said, I would never say anything bad about our Jimmy. <laughs> to his, his face. face. I tell you what, it, it is unbelievable how well Dr. Himmler predicts your answers, isn't it? Dr. Himmler is a genius. <laughs> oh, he is. He is. <laughs> Pivotal, man. <laughs> okay. Yep, yep. Final words, Jonathan? 
Yeah, I'd just like to thank my friend Wendy Alp for introducing me to Black Milkshake and putting my name for being a guest. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. And thanks to you, too. What a brilliant guest. Absolutely fabulous having you on the show, Jonathan. Thanks ever so much. And on next week's show... Lisa Mora is back with a vengeance, and she will be giving us more of her humorous anecdotes about life in Turkey and much more of the usual tomfoolery and shenanigans. And we'll have Hansi solving your personal problems, more true or false, and lost in translation. So please tell a friend about us if you enjoyed the show and join our Facebook page. Please note there are two Black Milkshake pages on Facebook, so join them both and send a message to either me or Johnny Beans Carbonara. Special thanks to Jonathan Heilig, Dr. Brutus Himmler, James Joyce Irish Pub, and last but not least, Eamon McAndrew. Until next week, Shakers, stay safe out there. Happy days, blue skies, and good skills. See you next week. Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast was presented by Ray Mack and Yormer Kierko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Black Milkshake 2023